Hello and welcome to the Speaking in Tongues Q&A. In this video, we're going to be answering some common questions that we received regarding the gift of speaking in tongues. And this video is a follow up video on our Speaking in Tongues two part series that was released about two weeks ago. And so I hope that this video would edify you in relation to even deeper understanding of the gift and especially in regards to how the do's and don'ts of this gift, because that was really the trend of questions that we got. And, and you'll soon discover in here uh, and it's it, they're all in regards to how do we exercise it properly and how should we not do things right? And I think that is very important. It's awesome that these questions came through because I think a lot of the confusion that came in with regard that that are there with regard to this gift of speaking in tongues is what we should not do. And because scripture does talk about Paul um, specifically wrote about some don'ts regarding the gift of speaking in tongues. And I think that it's very important to discuss those writings of Paul so we can really understand what he properly meant. So without any further introduction, I'm going to jump right into these questions. And the first question that we received is from Christy, and she asked the following. Thank you for this teaching. Please, can you tell me if it is OK to pray for friends or for others in tongues? God bless you, and Christina, for your teachings. All right, so this question is, can we pray for others in the gift of tongues? Now, the short and sweet answer to it is it depends, right? And let me explain to you, you know, what that means. Um, first off, this question is asked most probably because of something that Paul said. Paul wrote regarding the gift of speaking in tongues, and he said how it should not be exercised. He said, this is how you do it. And this is how you don't do it. And let's read that part of what we should not do. And then we can discuss that because that is what really inspires this question of can we pray for others in tongues? Because Paul addressed it. So in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 23, we read, Paul writes, if therefore the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues and outsiders or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you are out of your mind? Okay, so we read about this situation where if people without understanding of what you're doing enters and they see you speak in tongues, they may think you're crazy. And the Paul is making the point that, hey, guys, be careful about when you speak in tongues. Now, that is the question is, is it OK to pray for tongues in tongues for someone else or not? Paul says three key things in this little passage. He firstly says, if the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues and unbelievers are there, Will they not say you're out of your mind? So there's this 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 um, instruction with regards to when not to pray in tongues is if the whole church first of us together all pray 
and there are unbelievers. So if these elements are there, any of them, then we need to be careful. So first off, the whole church. Why does he say that? He says the whole church, because if the whole church, if this is a, he's talking about a big public assembly, he's talking about everyone there. He's, and that means that it's an open session where anyone from outside, like unbelievers, can enter. And that's the situation he is speaking to. He is not talking about a situation where it is not the whole church coming together, but rather a smaller gathering where you know exactly everyone who's there. You know them personally. You know who they are. You know where they're at. There's no unbelievers there who may get confused. You know everyone. That's a different situation. That's not what Paul is talking about. So if it is a situation that's more of a private gathering with other fellowship believers, and you know everyone there, there's no unbelievers, there's no one who's going to get confused by what you're doing here, if you're speaking in tongues. There's no one who's going to think you're crazy, right? Then by all means, it is okay to speak in tongues. There's no problem with that. And so you see, the, the thing is here is the the two, there are two barriers, two reasons really not to speak in tongues. Number one is when there is an unbeliever or someone who's going to get really confused by what you're doing, who's going to think you're crazy when you speak in tongues, but there is no interpretation happening. Right. That's the thing, because you can speak in tongues in a, in a whole in a whole assembly, a whole church like Paul mentioned. But you see what he said there, too. He said, if you all come together and you all speak in tongues, that's what he said. All of you are speaking in tongues. In other words, there's no order. It's like the whole church is there. Everyone is speaking at once. There's no order. It's just a crazy mess. No one knows what's being said. There's no interpretation of what's being said. None of that is happening, right? And unbelievers enter that mess. It's like this babbling crowd of hundred people or whatever it is. And they're going to be freaked out by that. And they're going to be like, I don't want to be here. This is weird. And they're going to leave. And then you actually destroy the witness. But if there was this whole big church and an unbeliever enters, but then there's one sky speaking in tongues and there is an interpreter who rises up and said he is saying this and that and this and that. And he's interpreting what was being said. Now that unbeliever is going to be like, wow, there's this miracle. This guy interpreted what he was saying. And and that actually meant something to me. You see, now there's edification and there's nothing wrong with speaking in tongues around that unbeliever when it is done properly, when there is an interpreter present. And so, you see, this is key to understand is what Paul is really addressing is he just doesn't want anyone to stumble because of how this gift is used. Okay, so the first reason why we wouldn't speak in tongues is to make an unbeliever stumble. We don't want to make any unbeliever stumble. The second reason is we don't want to make the gift of tongues come in the way of edification. So that simply means that if there is a whole assembly of people or even a smaller group of people like a private assembly and you know everyone who's there and you all speak in tongues and you pray in tongues and and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But that is all that happens there. That is all that you you come together, you pray in tongues and for an hour and you go home. 
now we need to ask the question of is that really not is that not maybe then coming in the way of edification of because when you come together you need to be edifying each other you need to be building each other up but if you just speak in tongues to each other there's no interpretation nothing like that happening then it may not be the most profitable thing to do in that time you have together is it a sin no not a sin it just means that your time could be probably used more wisely when you come together Come together with the goal of edifying each other. And if that means speaking in tongues, yes, speak in tongues for a little while. And if there's an interpreter, even better. But don't go on for an hour and just speak in tongues and that's all you do. And then you go home. So to answer the question, yes, it is okay to pray for other people in tongues. As long as you know that that person is not going to be thinking you're crazy You know, that person needs to know you. You need to know them. You need to know where they're at. You need to understand that they know that what the gift of tongues is. They're not going to be freaked out by that. Right. Unless God leads you to do that. And there's going to be there's an interpreter. That's that's right. It's different. But don't just go and speak in tongues for a long time. and, And you risk that freaking an unbeliever or someone else out. Okay, that's the one case. And then the second case is don't just speak in tongues and ha- and then nullify any other edification. If that is not happening, go ahead. You can speak in tongues, uh, pray in tongues for someone else, just like you pray in English. All right. So we're going to dive into the next question now. The next question is, do you believe it is scriptural for an entire congregation to sing in tongues audibly together in a praise and worship service? without interpretation. Some have described this as a chorus of angelic singing, quote unquote. So first off, Paul does describe a singing in tongues. He writes in his letter that he prays with his mind, that is to pray in English, and he can pray in his spirit, that is to pray in tongues. And then he goes on to say that he can sing with his mind, That is to sing in a known language, but he can also sing with his spirit. So Paul does make way and there's nothing unbiblical about singing in the gift of tongues. But that is one part. But the second, the the real question is, is again, when can we and when can we not? And really it is the answer is similar to that first question. If a whole church comes together and they are all singing in tongues at once and there's an unbeliever in the midst, they may be freaked out by that. They may not understand. They may get confused. They may get worried by that and they may even leave because of it. Scripture strictly advises in the case of when it's like the whole church coming together, you need to be speaking in tongues or therefore singing in tongues one at a time. And you would also need an interpreter if this is going to be going on for any extended amount of time. But that all being said, if you come together and you're, you know, two, three, four, five, however many people and you're in a closed setting and you know who's there, there's no unbeliever who's going to be confused by any of it, then you can go and you can worship together and you can sing if the spirit leads you in tongues. There's nothing wrong with that, right? So 
then you can worship God in tongues. There's, there's nothing against it because there's no one who's going to get confused by it. And you're also not going to let it stand in the way of edif edifying each other, because when we worship God, that is really an act of us and him. Right. That's really where where it comes down to more versus us and others. The only aspect of worshiping um, together that really edify each other is the fact that we're doing it together. So it is OK to speak in tongues. Um, and sing in tongues and when under the same circumstances that it would be okay to pray in tongues and on top of this I just want to add you know um, there is a balance in all these things you know the Holy Spirit moves as he wishes and does as he wishes but he moves in an orderly fashion he is a gentleman and so you know we're talking about a lot of things here that sound very rules based. And I know many may think that that is incompatible with the Holy Spirit. And it's true that the Holy Spirit, you know, when we stop, sometimes make plans, sometimes the Holy Spirit has a different plan and that's OK. But the Holy Spirit is all for what Paul wrote about, and that is order, edification in a public setting, especially edifying each other. And to not make anyone stumble. The Holy Spirit is not about that. So, you know, we just have to keep all this in mind when we do things. And, you know, we can't go and say, you know, I feel like the Holy Spirit led me to do it. And I don't care about if it's going to make someone stumble. I don't care about, you know, whether no one is going to get edified because I feel like this is the way it's supposed to be. You know, we have to also think about things logically and take people into consideration when we do things like speak in tongues, because the Holy Spirit is taking them in consideration. And if you don't, then you may actually just be moving outside what the Holy Spirit even wants to do. All right. So moving on to the next question, which is also to do with praying for others in tongues. And it is this. Do you believe it is scriptural to speak in tongues over someone when they are asking the Ruach or the Holy Spirit for the gift in hopes that you speaking will help unleash the gift. All right. So this is a common practice in some circles to, you know, when you are praying for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and then they would speak in tongues while they do so. Now, we need to with this question take a step back from all our experiences and all our things. And we need to really just think about this thing and try and think about it disconnected from any past experiences that you may have, because I know that many people may have been hurt by churches or groups that that have done this. And, you know, I think that I, I, I respect that. I understand that we've got we've have hurt sometimes. But I want to ask you as we answer this question that you this try and disconnect from that for a second. And, and let's talk about this um, logically and scripturally. So would it be wrong? Let's let's just ask this in a different way. Would it be wrong to pray for someone to receive the Holy Spirit in English? No, of course not. Right. It wouldn't be wrong. So why would it be any different? to pray for someone in tongues. 
Paul describes as praying in tongues as a prayer where the spirit prays, but the mind is unfruitful. Don't you think that praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit could really benefit from someone who is praying with an unfruitful mind, but rather praying from the spirit? Of course, right? Because the mind is carnal and fleshly and it comes in the way of the spirit more often than not. And so that's why praying in tongues is effective, right? And so therefore it is a right to pray in tongues, just like we would pray in English and both are okay. There's no one way to do it for someone to receive the Holy Spirit. What what is happening when we speak in tongues is we are going to see a miracle happen if we're praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, you know, why is it okay to speak in tongues around unbelievers when there's an interpreter? It is because there is a miracle happening. And then the unbelievers will see the miracle and they will then be then then that is fine. That is okay. Then it's not just this babbling thing that happens all at once. And it's this crazy thing and there's no interpreter. And it's like this, this big thing happening and it's full of confusion. That is what Paul is talking about. But if it is one person praying for another to receive the Holy Spirit, that's okay, you know, and because there's going to be a miracle taking place when they receive the Holy Spirit. And that is fine. You know, it's similar to, I think, the next question, which is I just want to answer at the same time here. And it is, do you believe it is scriptural to use tongues to battle dark spiritual forces in a public setting? And that is like, for example, you know, if we're going to battle demons or if you're casting out demons or if you're doing spiritual warfare or anything like that, is it okay to speak in tongues to as a means of battle? Well, prayer is a weapon, right? Of warfare. It is a way of, of this of participating in battle. And just like we pray in English in spiritual warfare, similarly, we can pray in tongues in spiritual warfare. We need to answer the question of what was the exception in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 23. That passage where Paul said that if unbelievers enter, they'll think you're out of your mind. What was the exception? Well, in verse 27, he says, if any speak in a tongue, let there be only two or most three and let someone interpret. So it is because there is someone who is interpreting and because it is done in an orderly fashion. Now they can now the, the unbeliever can witness an interpretation of the tongue and they can be edified themselves because they're witnessing a miracle. Right. And they're witnessing maybe even a word for them. And so because the speaking in tongues has a, a reason, right, because there is a miracle taking place, because it is being used effectively and not ineffectively, then it is OK to speak in tongues. And with that, you know, we can't cover every single situation on here, but really it just comes down to when we speak in tongues, is there are we doing it effectively and efficiently? Is there a miracle taking place? Is there edification taking place or are we just all babbling and no one understands um, anything? No one is being edified when we come together. No, then rather go home and speak to God alone or, or just speak quietly to God and not to everyone, because that is then a tongue rather just for your personal edification. So when we use this gift, Paul was just 
uh, afraid of people using the gift inappropriately in disorder and craziness and causing people to stumble, etc. But if that is not what is happening when you do the gift, that is okay. You know, and, and, and this can be in various situations we don't have time to discuss or there's there's too many to discuss, but you have to judge for yourselves in these situations. Are you going to make someone stumble or not? And is people being edified? And if that is okay, then it is okay. Then you can go ahead and speak in tongues. And so with, you know, speaking to in t- praying in tongues to when a demon is being cast out or any of that stuff happening, it's okay to do so. I mean, I talked about in my speaking in tongues series about how I was um, praying for this demon to leave. And I've done this happened multiple times throughout my life where, you know, I've prayed in tongues when we were casting out a demon. And then the demon leaves because of it. The demon definitely does experience the warfare that is going on when we are praying in tongues to it. And therefore, that is then an effective way of doing it. And it is okay to speak in tongues, even if there are some people around, because they can see what is happening. They're not going to be like, I promise you that if you're speaking in tongues and to a demon and, and this demon is Um, being cast out the people around you believers or unbelievers it doesn't matter who they are they're going to be more focused on this demon that's leaving than having issue of you speaking in tongues because who cares about how it's being done if it works if the demon is leaving if there's deliverance if there is freedom then dude it doesn't matter like what means you're using right because the holy spirit is doing it and the Holy Spirit is definitely then in communion, communion with that person and with the means in which that person is doing it. And that is OK, then. All right. So I hope that this is blessing you guys. I know this is a lot to take in and I'm saying a lot of things. So consider watching the video again and uh, to, to really get into what I'm saying here. Um, so I wanted to go into the next question. And she asked the following. Shalom PD, thank you for your work and time into the put into the series. I had a couple of questions come to mind regarding your experience with tongues. Do you always feel the Holy Spirit tangibly when praying in tongues? If we have instances where we do not feel much within ourselves, as well as instances we do when speaking in tongues, would that be indicating that we do not actually have the gift from him yet? I have heard some people saying you would feel a sense of lightness and victory when you are finished praying in tongues. I am wondering about others experiences. If you always feel that and what does it mean if we don't hope that makes sense. Shalom. All right. So this is a very important question. and I'm so happy that it was asked. You know, this goes with any spiritual gift. And it's the same with all of them. Let's just take this and take this question and put it on another spiritual gift, something very simple, like the gift of healing. All right. So in the gift of healing, if I went up to someone to pray for that person, right? And I don't feel anything. Does that mean anything? Does that determine the outcome of what is going to happen? You may think so, but actually, what you feel has no bearing on anything. I have prayed for people and 
there are times when I don't feel anything like I pray and I don't feel anything happening inside me. I don't feel, you know, lighter or anything at all. But after the person gets healed. And then there are other times where I lay my hands on someone or I pray for someone and I can just feel like the Holy Spirit land on me and move through me and touch this other person like so powerfully. I have experienced that. No doubt it happened too. But that is not an indication of whether he has shown up or not. You see, we don't go on feelings and and the same with the gift of tongues. We don't go on feelings. If I pray in tongues and I feel something, that's great. Glory to God for that. But the next day I can pray in tongues and not feel a thing. And that doesn't matter. In fact, I actually think that it is more of a test than anything else on us. If we only did what we feel, then we are not moving in faith anymore. But the spiritual gifts are all gifts that require faith to be exercised properly. No one is going to walk up to a man and lay their hands on him to get healed if they don't have faith. Right. And if we only then did things because we felt like it's going to happen or felt like this is what we're supposed to do, then honestly, we would miss out on half of the opportunities. We do not move on feelings. We move by faith. And so I want to submit to you that do not try and use your feelings as a gauge of whether the gift is actually real or not or actually working or not. If you are in this position where you are speaking in tongues like she has uh, described, then you are speaking in tongues. You don't have to feel anything. You don't even have to feel anything ever in the rest of your life. You don't have to feel a thing with regards to Holy Spirit. And that is okay, too. There are there is no nothing in Scripture that says you need to feel this X, Y or Z to know that this is the Holy Spirit. That, no, that's not how it works. It is by faith that we move in the spiritual giftings. And if you have begun to a point, let me let me ask you this question. If I am at this point with the gift of healing again, let's just use that example where God has put in my heart to pray for the sick, right? And I walk up to a person and I'm there and I, and I lay my hands on them too. And I pray for them. Do I have the gift of healing based off the results? Do I have the gift of healing based off whether they get healed or not? Now, this is a big question. Because many would say that if I prayed for someone and they didn't get healed, I didn't have the gift and oh, well. There's nothing in scripture that says that. There's nothing in scripture that says that when it doesn't happen the way we think it should, that we then therefore just don't have the gift. It's not there. It's unbiblical. It's fleshly. It's carnal. That thought is not of God. How it works is that if you have a desire in your heart to walk in a certain spiritual gift, And that desire is not because you want to be exalted and because of your pride, but rather that desire is pure and you will only you'll be the one who knows that you will know is why do I want to pray for healing? Why do I want to pray in tongues? Why do I want to prophesy? Why do I want to have words of knowledge? Why do I want to have words of wisdom? 
Why do I want to have the gift of interpretation, right? Whatever gift you um, are going to know why you want it. And if you want it because you want to build his kingdom and not your own. Who do you think gave you that desire? Isn't it the father of lights? Because the scripture says that the carnal mind is at enmity with the spirit. So that means that the carnal mind does not desire the Holy Spirit, doesn't desire the spiritual giftings. So the carnal mind cannot be the one who desires to pray for healing. It must be from God. Now, why would God give you a desire to pray for healing or whatever spiritual gift if he hasn't ordained for you to walk in it? You see where I'm getting at is it is more simple than we think. I can have a calling on my life to pray for healing for and, and walk in the gift of healing powerfully. But God would want me to pray for a thousand people before I ever see a miracle. But it is because I have the desire in my heart that I know that it is from him and that I know that he wants me to walk in it. Because why would he? He's not the kind of father who would who would say uh, would give you a desire for something, an innate desire. But then he doesn't give you the tools to do it. Right. But he may test you. He may see how badly you really want to serve his kingdom. He may want to see how badly are you going to want to walk like he did. And for some, that taste may look different. But the fact of the matter is, is if you're in this position where you're speaking in tongues already because you have this desire and you have the gift, you don't have to worry about, you know, what do I have to feel to confirm whether you have it or not? The fact that you're doing it is the confirmation in of itself. All right. Just like think about it this way, guys. When we are saved, when we get saved, right? How do we get saved? How do we know we got saved? It is because our desires change. How do we know we got the gift of the Holy Spirit? Because our desires change Our what we do changes our actions change. And that is then the evidence that we have it. If you get saved, you're going to stop doing the sins of yesterday, right? You're going to start walking in more holiness over a period of time. And similarly, if you have the gift of speaking in tongues, you're going to start really wanting to do it. That's how it works, because your desires are changing. And then that desire leads to an action. And that action is then the exercising of the gift. And to just add to all this, just one more thing to consider. When you pray for healing, for example, are you praying for healing when you go to pray or when the miracle happens? It's when you go to pray, right? When you walk up to someone and you lay your hands on them to pray for healing, they you're praying and healing for healing there. And you're not only praying for healing when the miracle happens. And it's the same with the gift of tongues. You're not only praying in tongues when there is some miracle, like an interpreter who interprets what you're saying, or when there is some other miracle that takes place, like someone understanding what you're saying in a foreign language. The, the, the gift of speaking in tongues does not become praying in tongues only when there is a miracle. You it is praying in tongues the moment you open your mouth and pray in tongues. So I hope that that helps. I hope that is simple enough for you to understand. And 
God is, I hope that this series have encouraged you to walk more as the disciples did in the early church. And they, like Paul said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. I did. I exercise this, but do all these things decently and in order and do not forbid it either. Right. May God bless you and keep you shine his face upon you, lift up his counts upon you, give you shalom and blessing. Please share this video with whoever you think may have the questions that we discussed around this gift of speaking in tongues, because these need to be answered in the body today. Blessings and Shalom.